certain behaviors, like laughing or yawning, can be easier to catch than a cold going around your office, according to psychologist, writes journalist Carolyn Gringlar. It's called behavioral contagion. Now, I've always thought of the word contagion as a bad thing, like a virus. But it actually refers simply to something that's passed from one person to another. So another way to think of it maybe is like behavioral mimicking or mirroring. Gringar notes how there is some behavior we can't help but mirror like yawning. If I yawn, for example, Likely you're going to feel this urge to yawn. What is that? Laughing is another example. Science has confirmed our brain responds to the sound of laughter and just automatically joins in, even if we didn't hear the joke or were part of the conversation. But mirroring isn't always positive. A study back in 2015 found that when people encounter rude behavior at work, we're more likely than to perceive future workplace interactions as rude, and in response, be rude. Does that ring true to you? Have you found yourself behaviorally mirroring someone in your life? Over the past seven Sundays, we have focused our attention on how we might, each of us, flourish in 2019. We reflected on what is called the Decalogue, words that God spoke from Mount Sinai to the Israelites, describing how they were to leave after live after being freed from captivity in Egypt. God said, I, I have freed you to make choices, and you can remain free if you follow these guidelines. Over the past weeks, we paid in particular attention to to certain words in the Decalogue so we might flourish. We reflected, for example, on the word worthy or worthiness, meaning being worshipful, Sabbath as to rest, kabod as to honor or be weighty towards our mother and father, rashah to kill or, or not to cease life from growing around us. Low, as in the Hebrew word no, as in low adultery or stealing or lying. And, and last Sunday, kamad, as in don't covet what you don't own. Along with the Decalogue over these past seven Sundays, we've spent time with Wendell Berry, a National Humanities Award-winning author and poet. And this week I came across these words. We travelers walking to the sun, can't see ahead. But looking back, the very light that that blinded us shows us the way we came, along which blessings now appear, risen as if from sightlessness to sight. What struck me about Barry's poem is he observes how often it is only in looking back at our lives that we discern how blessings have have graced our path. 
Or as Barry puts it, only in looking back do, do these blessings appear from sightlessness to sight. I wonder, have you ever had the experience where you became aware of a blessing in your life, a, a relationship, an, an introduction, a, a collaboration that you had forgotten in the passing of time? In other words, we can become like Barry's traveler, only walking towards the sun, only walking towards the future, and the recognition and the memory of a blessing can fade and slip from our mind. Along with Worthy and Sabbath and Kabad and Rasha and Lo and Kamed, the final word from our series from Exodus 20 is the word Barak or blessing. We find that word in our passage where after God has proclaimed the Decalogue, the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites this, you have seen for yourselves how I have spoken to you, now make an altar of earth for me and sacrifice on it your burnt offerings, your sheep and your goats. Wherever I cause my name to be honored, I will come to you and bless you. Or in Hebrew, Ubarak Etah. Now, if we were to turn our gaze back to the pages of Jewish scripture, as Barry gazes back on his life, we soon discover Barak all over the place. In Genesis, for example, God creates the, the living creatures in the water and the birds in the air and extends to them way Barak blessing. God then makes human beings and extends to human beings away Barak. God later says to Abraham, go to the country that I will show you and I will wabaraketa you. I will bless you. Blessing, in other words, is something that God extends to all of creation from animals to human beings, which raises a wonderful question. What does that mean? What occurs when God blesses something or someone? What happens? Henri Nouwen is considered one of the finest authors in the spiritual life. He was at various times a, a seminary professor and then a priest and an author. And then, as one writer observes, Nowen made this dramatic life change. He went to work as a chaplain at the La Arche Daybreak community in Toronto, which serves mentally and physically challenged human beings. Henri describes how one day a disabled community member named Janet came, came up to him and asked for a blessing. Henri was distracted by other things, and so he quickly traced the sign of the cross on Janet. And no, she protested. I want a real blessing. Henri then understood somehow he had been insensitive to her need. He promised that at the, at the next prayer service, he would have a special blessing for her. So at the end of the next prayer service, about 30 people were sitting in a circle on the floor, and Henri announced, Janet has asked for a special blessing. He didn't quite know what she was seeking from him, but the next move left no doubt. She walked up to him and wrapped her arms around him. 
As he embraced her in return, her, her slight form was almost enfolded by his white robe. And they held each other. And Henri said, Janet, I want you to know that you are God's beloved daughter. You are precious in God's eyes. Your beautiful smile, your kindness to the people in this house, all the good things that you do show us what a beautiful human being you are. I know that you feel a little low these days, and there's sadness in your heart, but I want you to know you are a special person, deeply loved by God. Janet raised her head and looked at him. Her, her beaming smile told him that she had received the blessing she was seeking. Then what happened next was unexpected. As Janet returned to her place, another woman in the service raised her hand. She too wanted a blessing. She stood up and embraced Henri, laying her face against his chest. And after that, many more of the disabled members in that community raised their hand and wanted a blessing. For Henri, the most touching moment came at the end when one of the assistants at La Arche Daybreak, a 24-year-old college student, raised his hand and said, what about me? John was a big, burly young man, an athlete, and Henri did the same. He wrapped his arms around John and said, John, it is so good that you are here. You are God's beloved son. And John looked back at Henri with tears in his eyes and said, thank you very much. Which brings us back to our question. What does it mean, this word blessing? What occurs when, when, when God blesses something? Some scholars suggest it somehow confers holiness, that a blessing is a part of God that is, that is passed from one person to another, from, from God who is holy to a creature or to a human being. But this week it occurred to me that that isn't necessarily occurring in our text. Holiness isn't being transferred. But rather, what does seem to be happening is what we might call this moment of affirmation. God says, creatures swimming in the sea, birds soaring in the air, human being walking on the earth, I hereby declare you are precious, you are good, and I bless you as you begin your journey in life. I wonder, have you ever longed for a blessing as Janet did at La Arch Daybreak Community Center? Have you ever longed for someone to affirm you, to say to you, Jessica, Sarah, Rachel, you are be God's beloved daughter. John, Brian, Tom, you are God's beloved son. You are precious in God's eyes. And, and all the good things you do show what a beautiful human being you are. Which brings us to our second passage in Numbers, a book in the Jewish scriptures where we read how God says to Moses, 
Now tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and to be gracious on you. The Lord turn his face upon you and grant you peace. And this passage is one of the most fascinating turning points in the Bible. Why is that? Well, God grants this ability to, to bless, to Barak, to us. God says to Moses, tell them they can do this. They can bless in my name. Which if you think about it, many of us do already. We might pause to bless food at the dinner table. When someone sneezes at the post office, ten of us might say, God bless you. And why does God do this? Give us the gift to Barak. I've always enjoyed the insights of Seth Godin, who writes on various business topics in human nature. This week, I read how he suggests one of the most important things that you and I can do is recognize this to be true. Everyone has noise in their heads, writes Seth Godin. Everyone thinks that they have suffered affronts and, and disrespect at the hands of others. Everyone is afraid. Everyone is lonely. Everyone is insecure. And everyone feels they are a bit of a fraud. Have you ever felt that way? Do you know someone who feels that way? Into that truth, Barbara Brown Taylor writes, to pronounce a blessing on someone is to see them from God's perspective. In other words, to bless someone is to view that person from, from God's perspective and to see that beneath all the noise in our heads, all the perceived affronts, and disrespect, our loneliness, our insecurity, we are, each of us, God's beloved son and God's beloved daughter. We are precious. We are good. We are created as a blessing and also to bless others. As Henri Allen notes, we forget so quickly we are God's beloved children. And we allow the curses of the world to, to darken our hearts. Therefore, we have to be reminded of our belovedness. Whether this blessing is given in words or with gestures, solemn or informal, we need our lives to be blessed. It's called behavioral mirroring. As the Israelites stood at the foot of Mount Sinai, absorbing God's words and ways, God said to them, I bless you. What would happen if in 2019 we made that the year where we chose to mirror God's words and ways and extend it to each other, Barak? Because I suspect at times we all feel like Janet and John did that day at La Arche. 
But here's the thing scripture also teaches God invites us to become an honorary now and to someone else. As John Ortberg, a pastor and author, once observed, we flourish whenever we pour blessings into our relationships. We flourish whenever we pour blessings into our relationships. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.